Ethos. Welcome to the Creative Coach Cast. I'm Paul Goldsmith, an entrepreneur and creative coach on the show committed to helping you transform your creative ideas into a reality. Brian Curie, founder of Killer Bee Marketing. Tell me the story. How'd you come up with the name? Yeah. So about in 2019 was when I realized like, okay, it was the next step was for us to launch this business full-time. And the original business name was Sunline Media, close to the sun and trying to be really slick. And, you know, and we offer media. It was so confusing because everybody was like, oh yeah, you're with S Online Media. And that was not the way it's supposed to go down. And I was like, we need clarity. Like We have our vision to help serve Christian radio, the people in the Christian radio industry with digital. We need a name that makes sense. So I was really battling like, well, what is this name going to be? I'm trying to think so hard about it. You know, you get, especially creatives, you get really, really focused on that. You can't get out of your head. So one morning I was working and my son said, hey, hey dad, I got a perfect name for your business. I'm like, all right, what is it? He's like, come here and check this out. And he showed me this deck of cards and it said Killer B on it. Ashton, you're a genius, man. Killer B marketing. That makes sense because a regular B, like Killer Bs sting like 10 times more. They will chase down their Victim, we don't call our clients victims, but you know, <laughs> they will good. chase down their audience further. They'll go longer and they'll they can connect, like they have more connections, more touch points, more stings, I guess. But he's like, Dad, you should call it killer B. I'm like, that's it, killer B marketing, because marketing has changed today with pixels, you know, following people around. And so you're you're working at a radio station in 2019 and be, long before there was this thing called COVID-19. Uh, you decided to go out on your own full time and start this killer bee marketing company. What was that like starting it? And then all of a sudden you're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, what was interesting is like, honestly, it didn't bother me so much about the pandemic because of where, where the business was birthed in 2010. I lost my job during the economy crash. If you remember that was during the big economy crash, housing market and all that. And uh, I lost my job. My wife wasn't working. And on my way home, I was praying and just like, asking God, like, what is going on? Like, what? Like, I thought we've already learned these, these lessons that I felt like I was learning through life. We lost our first house during the economy crash. And, wow. and I was just like, God, like what, what's going on like, now this. And, um, during that time of just really praying, he told me like, this is, this is different. I'm going to teach you how to trust me. And I tell you what, Paul, like, like I didn't do any marketing. I couldn't afford any marketing, but God was connecting me with people from big Fortune 500 businesses that was coming in and teaching me more in the evenings if I would just come for free. And they would just come to church and say like, hey, I, I feel like God wanted me to teach you how to do SEO, how to do marketing. And, and that's where it just started. So during that time from 2010, all the way till 2000, and like I got in the radio industry in 2013. So all that time for three years, it was just leaning on God and just trusting Him and learning that that I could trust Him with whatever situation was put in front of us. I could just trust God that He was going to see us through. And in 2018 was when He started really putting in my heart, like, hey, prepare me to make this next step. And for about six months, me and my wife prayed about it every week, went out and just had our date nights and talked about it. And then 2019 was when we knew we had to make the step. So making the step and then getting hit by COVID I didn't think about it that much because I had already learned how to trust God in the times that maybe didn't seem clear. The day before I made like made the decision, like, yes, this is it. Uh, I was going in to work, you know, leadership already knew, like we were already talking about it and I had to make a decision. And uh, when I went in that day, my wife woke up at morning, she goes, 
I kept waking up all night, having this word come to me called, it was just absorb, absorb. And she said, I woke up and it was clear. It was absorb this blessing. And uh, she told me, she's like, I don't know what that means, but I feel like something, things are going to happen that maybe don't go as planned and they don't feel like a blessing, but God wants you to absorb it as a blessing. And it did. I'm telling you, man, for like probably six months from 2019, once we left, things were happening. I thought would fall into place and it didn't, you know, business wise, like thinking this is going to, this is what's going to launch the business and things just kept falling through. And, uh, and I, every time I had to remember, like absorb this, absorb this blessing. Like it doesn't look like a blessing, but God's going to, it's going to play out to something much bigger. And every time it was God teaching me and reminding me like, no, like it's me, you know, it's me just trust, lean into me. And I will help carry you through. This is his business. And we just need to represent him in that and everything we do. And starting a business is a leap of faith and not all businesses work out. In fact, the majority don't. But in two short years since launching full-time with Killer Bee Marketing, you've had phenomenal growth. What do you attribute that to as far as adding to the team and continuing to build this? What do you think uh, the difference is as far as Launching out on your own full time, what do you attribute that growth to? What I've been learning more and more, and I even shared this with our team today, is first off, it's with our team. It comes down to staying connected with our team, uh, making sure that they f- they know and feel that like they're not just like an employee, like they're a team member, like they're the ones that's that's driving this business. But for like the growth itself, I would honestly I would give it to God on that because like it's connecting with people. And one of the things I tell our team is, you know, serve first. I believe if we serve first, we won't have to sell a thing. If we serve, people want to come buy from us because they see what we're doing and they see our hearts. So that's kind of the approach we've taken is serve, serve and not sell. Uh, and then people naturally want to come and buy from us and want to work with us and build relationships, like real connections and just friendships with people. Like even today we had a meeting scheduled and and, uh, you know, it's like sometimes meetings happen and people don't show up. Right. And uh, I had two of those a day, but, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, you know, I could beat myself up over it. Like, man, I just sat here and waited for this meeting. But instead I'm like, you know what? People were like, we don't know what's going on in people's lives today. So what I do is I reach out to them. I just, you know, find out a way to connect and reach out to their team and say, Hey, I just want to make sure everything's good. Like I find out that they're sick and it's like, Hey, you know, we're praying for you. You know, just let us know when you want to reschedule. It's remembering that there's people on the other side. Man, that's incredible. What's been the biggest learning curve? Yeah, I would say my biggest learning curve is stepping back, letting the team take control on things. Like it's a blessing. And in some ways, it's it's kind of like its own like little flaws. I've had my hands in everything. Like, you know, in digital, I've lived in the digital realm or whatever, digital world for since you know, I went in college back in 2007 is when it all started uh, professionally. And so I've had my hands in podcasting and videography and social media and marketing and email marketing, all these different things. And it's learning that I can't do it all on my own. I can do so much more with a team and I have to trust our team too. Like I want them to trust me that I trust them. Uh, so it's just letting go of some things and being there just to help cheer them along and help guide them and teach them the things that I've learned really stepping back and letting go of some things and watching it from afar and then being there to you know, give support and direction. Well, I've had a front row seat and I have to say, commend you for doing just that because it's easy to say, hard to do because you get really good at something. You start a business because you love doing it and then realize, wait, you know, I can only go so far by myself. Be in it for the long haul and have greater impact, we're going to have to build a team 
And that's a whole different skill set. So I've noticed that, you know, you've been able to pivot pretty well in that. Yeah, it's been a it's been a challenge. I mean, literally, we this year was the year we made our biggest, probably biggest investment and in myself uh, as the CEO of Killer Bee, because you know, I'm used to being the guy that does everything and learning that my new responsibility is becoming more of being the CEO, you know, being the leader. So we made the investment to team up with Ramsey Solutions team. I can become a better leader and help manage the business that that God has lended this to me. So. It sounds like you take the business seriously, but not yourself too seriously. And you seek out counsel, which is pretty wise there. You, you didn't get into this because you're a financial expert. So you hired a financial expert to get some coaching. Yeah. And I have several coaches myself. I have a CrossFit coach and a strategic business coach and nutrition coach. I'm all about every area of life that's important. Get a coach because you yeah. can't be a master of everything and coaches can help identify blind spots. And by definition, you can't see your blind spots. So you get further faster with that. And so I think that's awesome. But we're trying to, with this podcast, you really coach entrepreneurs that or people that are thinking about starting businesses. And so, you know, it's a requirement to connect with people online. What is one of the biggest mistakes that businesses make in offering their uh, good or service online? When you lose focus of who you are and you're just doing what everybody tells you to do, like it, like you said about coaches, you know, I, I told our teams like, hey, if we're going to teach people and coach them on how to do blogs and how to drive new traffic, then we need to be doing blogs. And you know, if I'm offering our services as digital consulting and coaches, right? So. It would be really bad if I'm not willing to take any coaching, right? <laughs> right. But I think that I think that the biggest thing for me is that the days of hey, post as much as you can on social media, uh, just keep putting out content, like you know, more content on blog stuff. If you lose focus of who you are and your mission, then you're just pumping out content. Like you want to serve your audience with the problems that you're trying to help solve. So don't lose focus of your mission. And that was. Something that we recently just did uh, with our team here was like, we need to get really focused. So uh, we put together our mission statement to empower, to unite, uh, to connect our clients with people that are searching for hope, right? That's, that's our mission, empower, unite, and connect. And the empower is like, we want to help, like we can run everything that we do through the business through that filter. And whatever we're doing on social media, whatever we're doing on, on the website, whatever we're doing on YouTube, anything like that, or on podcasts, it needs to go through that filter. And if it's not aligned with that, then we don't do it. Because we're what we're doing then is we're just wasting a lot of time and a lot of energy doing something that doesn't align with who we are and what our ultimate mission is, right? So if it doesn't empower, you know, like when you reach out about doing this podcast, I'm like, yeah, I love that because that's part of it. We want to help empower and give some tips and help guide companies and, and people on radio how to use these digital platforms. And then we want to unite because what happens is I've seen departments where you have a digital department, you have fundraiser departments, you have programming departments. All these departments are trying to do their own thing. Like they're just doing, they all got their own goals and missions, which each of our goals are a little bit different, but our missions should always align up. So it's like, that's what we want to do. We want to help unite and say, hey, look, we're on the same team. We have the same common mission. It might be reached differently and obtained differently because of the platforms and tools that we're using, but ultimately we have the same mission. And lastly, if it's not connecting, with people and providing hope to them, then it doesn't, it's not what, what's the what point for. Right, man. I love so much that that was your answer. I'm asking the digital guy and you didn't respond with whatever the latest app is, right? It all comes down to what are you offering people in your case, you know, hope, how are you empowering people? 
And it just reminds me of a recent uh, blog from Seth Godin, uh, who said, the technology keeps changing, but connection and trust are what still work. Ideas that spread win. Ideas that stick are worth even more. While you can race to be on any new platform, it's far better to be the voice that we would miss if you weren't there. And coming from Seth, I mean, he doesn't tweet. I don't think he does Instagram. He's been focused on a new blog every day, cranking out the content consistently yeah. for like decades now. And that's turned into books and lucrative speaking engagements, all these things that uh, if he were spread across all the different platforms, he wouldn't be nearly as effective. Definitely. Yeah. It's like focus on the platforms that really connect. You can reach more people and provide the services that they need. Like, I mean, blogs are a big deal for us because we can actually, people don't search Facebook for their problems. People search Google for their problems. Like they, that's where they go. That's if they're dealing with something, the first place they go is Google. And if you're not doing anything like on blog content, and not only just creating blogs, but creating blogs that connect with your audience's problems. Like you don't meet people just because you're on these platforms. You meet people like they meet you because you're there to help guide them and solve a problem that they're facing. That's where they connect with you at first. Uh, and Google's a great platform for that. So, you know, I've, I told our team, I was like, we always want to be careful that we're like, whatever we're teaching people on social media is we don't want to feed the feed. We want to feed the people. Our mission is bigger, right? It's bigger than just our statement on our cards and shirts and stuff. It's more than marketing. It's a mission. I think that bears repeating, not just the more than marketing, it's a mission, but also don't feed the feed, feed the people. There's people on the other end of that feed. What are you offering of sustenance to them and not just try to game the algorithm? Yes, exactly. Because and people don't really want to connect with somebody if they're treated like, "Hey, I'm a you're a project that I'm trying to win." Same thing with followers. Like they don't want to just connect with you because they they don't want if they feel like you're only treating them as a like. There's no relationship there. Provide that value. Like that's how you build real community on these platforms is is to show them you really actually care for them. There are people on the other side. So don't treat them as a project, treat them as people. People don't connect with robots. They don't connect with the platforms. They connect with people. And for anybody like that's focused about their brand, they don't connect with brands either. They connect with people. Those billion dollar brands have spent most of those billions <laughs> of dollars on people to be the faces of their yes. brands, whether you know it's Nike and it's Michael Jordan or LeBron James or you know, you name <laughs> the brand. I mean, obviously Apple, it was Steve Jobs and makes perfect sense. But most business owners are busy running the business. They don't have a lot of time to blog. So where would you start to to start creating content that connects with people? Where do you start? We have a whole department that we have content writers that actually write the blog. So what we do is we actually do the research because first off, you can write a blog and it's like, hey, this is great. It connects you. You think people are going to read it, but without doing the research, there's tools out there that we use to actually search and find out what are relevant topics that people are searching right now. Because then you need to create a blog post about that. Like the content that people are searching for is the first key to it, because then you know you're going to get traffic. Uh, and then secondly, then we'll, what we do is we create the whole outline based around this whole topic, and then we give them to our content writers, and they write them, and then they they give them to us, and we edit them, and then put them out. So, I mean, there's plenty of services out there that you can do with that. But again, you have to do the research to find out, you know, even just getting a strategy. Like right now, we're, we're actually working with uh, some clients right now that we're doing just that. Like we got their brand script made. We know what their purpose is, like is to, to, you know, is to provide joy. So like, what's the opposite? What are some of the, if they don't have joy, how does that affect their, their life? 
you know, maybe they're unhappy, uh, they can feel depressed. So what we do is we start going and we start doing all the searches of, you know, depression. And there's things popping up to saying, hey, a lot of people are searching like how to know if you're depressed, how to fight depression. So it's like, okay, if these are topics that people are searching and it aligns with a station, like they're trying to provide joy that is the opposite of depression, then we need to create content based on that because those are the people that need that joy right now. They need to know there's something else out there. So it's like creating a strategy to align with that. So what we do is we give them a whole line of topics and say, here's everything based around your words and what people are searching right now that you could actually help solve a problem for them. Like, you know, help guide them to, you know, it's the story brand method. You know, we, we don't want to place ourselves in as being the heroes, but we want to be the guides that are pointing them, which we should be doing this anyways. And any Christian industry is pointing them to Jesus, right? That's we're guides just pointing them to the source, right? So where's the problem? Finding that problem, pointing them to the, to the answer and the direction of where our mission lines up. So that rings true to me and common business principle is find the buyer before you go create the product, right? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can have all these great ideas, um, but they're worthless unless somebody's wanting that product or that idea are looking to consume it. So you save a step there by figuring out what people are already asking. They're searching Google for things and you say, here's how you can offer up your unique take using facts, using research but put it in the voice of the brand that you're offering. That's amazing. So other than blogs, I mean, we can't do every social network. What excites you right now with connecting uh, with people? Where should we spend the majority of our time in social apps as far as connecting with our audience? It really comes down to your audience, where your audience is, you know, go where the people are, right? Go where your audience, like where your audience is. You know, Facebook, you know, just a quick rundown. You know, Facebook is great for building relationships if you use it the right way. You know, it's about building community. It's not about super polished videos. You're not going to put out a video there and someone's going to watch a 20, 30 minute long video. They're not going to do it. It's not the right platform. You're interrupting their day. So just remember that when you go to that platform. Like, I'm big on YouTube because YouTube's the second largest search engine. And again, if people are searching for problems, you know, some of the top things that, that show up at the top of the Google searches are now YouTube videos as well. But, you know, those are like for like more longer, longer videos. People will actually plan on watching it because that's what the platform is used for. So, you know, I'm big on, you know, Facebook for building community, engaging with probably more Facebook groups than actual pages themselves. Groups are great for building a loyal community. And then um, YouTube, again, for putting more deeper content out there, videos. But again, there's so many. I mean, you got TikTok. If you're if you're working with a younger audience, TikTok is an amazing platform. I'm not on it much. My audience isn't on TikTok, uh, but we do. We are researching it more and learning more about how some stations might be able to use it, or some clients, depending on their audience. So, uh, and then Instagram. You know, Instagram is great for you know everything. Instagram people. It's like a VIP, like celebrities, uh, stores. You know, people are there. You can sell things on on Instagram and stuff. So, but Instagram is really more of like the high polished images, stuff that really capture you is really designed that graphics are like really pop and stand out and get really creative on that. So, uh, but I think well, for the right strategy, if you, if it's the right audience, again, it's find out what platforms your audience is on, not trying to do everything. If you're going to do the same thing on Facebook and Instagram, you probably should just choose one because nobody's going to feel, they're not going to follow both because there's nothing really different between them. Right. So really just put all those efforts in one, I think, and then just serve that audience. You know, again, serve first, 
Don't try to just to grow, serve your audience, the platforms you're on. And then when you start seeing an opportunity to, hey, you know what? Our audience, maybe they actually are engaged on Instagram. Maybe then it's time to start working that into your strategy, but offer them something different. You know, maybe that's for just events or like maybe it's like reality TV. You know, you're you're doing more reality TV stuff back on the Instagram side of it. So just different thoughts like that. That's great. And I know that newsletters are suddenly trendy again, right? Big business, Substack and all of the different multi-million dollar businesses built on a basic email newsletter. Oh man. Where do you fall on that? Is that, uh, do you send out blogs uh, via email and and call that a newsletter or is that totally different content? No, I, I mean, honestly, like now that you said that, I mean, I'm always big on investing in your digital assets more than anything because we invest so much into other people's platforms and not our own. So when it comes to like overall, like make sure you're investing in your website, your blogs, and your build your email list. Like even on a Facebook group, like our Facebook group, we have a private Facebook group for people that are in the Christian radio industry. And when they sign up, we, you know, we validate and make sure that they're in the industry. But we also ask a question on the group, like, hey, if you'd like to get more information from us, free tips, give us your email address and we'll add you to our email list. You wouldn't believe how many people do that. And they give us their email address. So the great thing about your email list is that gives you connection with people all the time. So if like a Facebook goes away or TikTok goes away, like I, we have something that we own and that's, we have that list to stay in contact with our loyal fans. So email list is huge. Like don't ever like, don't neglect that. I did it for years. You know, I finally figured out like, Hey, if I'm going to go speak at a speaking event, I'm going to put something in my speech where I'm like, hey, I'm going to give you this right now. Uh, just text this number. I'm going to send it to you, right? And it puts them in my email list because it puts me in contact with people, right? To serve them better. So yeah, emails are big. And with blogs, you know, put your blogs in your email. Uh, you know, they say that an email address, like when you send an email, try to keep it at three or less links in your email list. Stay focused on that one topic. I was just telling our team member this, we we're talking about setting up our coaching sessions and how we're going to do this and how we're like, new topics that we're bringing in to help consult. And I was telling him, I was like, look, the one thing you got to remember is stay focused. Don't try to cover everything in one coaching session. I was like, it's not because I was like, you know, you're going to have a lot of people that's going to like want to jump really quickly to the next topic to try to get as much in as they can within that hour. But remember, we're here. It's not about making more money. It's about serving the people the best we can. I learned this when I was speaking, like, if I go somewhere and I have like five topics I'm going to hit, what I'm going to take from that, I'm not going to remember all five points. Yeah, I'll be lucky if I can remember one, right? So I've learned like, hey, if we're going to do any kind of coaching or even an email blast, try to keep it to one topic. Put that email blast together. If it's about a blog content, you know, put that one piece of subject down there, focus on that, make four different email blasts instead of putting four highlights in one email. Because then it helps you serve that audience more. Now, you might look and say, well, we could give them more right now, but then you have to create more email blasts. But you also, with your email, you can uh, segment emails, which is really great for future things. Like if you're doing fundraising and stuff, if someone clicks a blog on your email and it's about, you know, since we're talking about depression, if it was a blog about depression and they clicked it, you could put their email now segment it and put it in a list saying, hey, this person deals with depression. So you can start adding all those people. So if you ever have a story that you want to share with somebody that is about depression, who's going to relate to that? Everybody that clicked to read that blog from your email. Yeah. You qualified the audience for things they care about, they're interested in, and you've actually asked them what they want 
you to talk to them about what you want to sell them, right? If you're selling a product, yes, um, exactly. it's helpful to know that they're in the market for the thing that you offer. You're right on there. Well, that can all be overwhelming. So just to kind of wrap this up, I'm wondering what's one thing somebody could do, say the next month to really kickstart their connection online? Like what's the one thing you would say, if you've not done this, this is what you should spend the most of your time doing to build connection with your audience online. The one thing I would say is sit down, look at your mission statement and make sure that everything you're doing aligns with that. Alignment. I love yeah. it. You are available for hire. If somebody wants help making sure their digital assets are in alignment with their mission, Killer Bee Marketing, what's the best way to connect with you? Yeah. You can email me at brian at killerbeemarketing.com. That's Brian with an I. I don't know why anybody would spell it any other way, but yeah, just uh, for all you other Brian's of why, I'm so sorry. But now, <laughs> now Brian at killerbeemarketing.com. You can visit us at killerbeemarketing.com as well. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate yeah. it. Cool. Thank you, Paul. If you are able to make a review of this podcast, then send me a screenshot of your review on either Instagram or Twitter. I'm at Paul J. Goldsmith, and I would be delighted to send you your very own five-minute journal as a way of saying thank you for listening and reviewing the Creative Coachcast so that others can find it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.